I think and dream in music. And to listen to my chamber music is to eavesdrop on an intimate, lyrical, melancholy interior world. The sound landscape is resonant, smooth, and extremely elastic. Ideas can wobble or completely dissolve and slide away. Fragments of familiar tunes sometimes drift through, disappearing so quickly you're not sure if you actually heard them. Those are the words of composer Elizabeth Brown, who we're hearing performing on flute with Greg Hesselink, cello, and Margaret Campmeyer. She's talking about her music in general, but also about the piece that we're hearing, Memory Palace. And I love what she says, this whole idea of a lyrical melancholy interior world in her music, that she thinks and dreams in music, that to listen to her music is like a biography, or but an internal biography, a biography of her thoughts. And then also what she says about the fragments of familiar tunes, the piece is called Memory Palace, and so that really makes a lot of sense that you would hear perhaps familiar tunes, or you'd hear parts of her mind, her internal world in the music. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted. That piece by Elizabeth Brown is only one of many pieces by composers called the Memory Palace. This idea has been around for a long time. It started as a memorization system way back in the Middle Ages. It's basically an imaginary location in your mind and you can store memories or mnemonic images. Uh, the most common type of memory palace involves making some kind of journey in your mind to a familiar place. You store memories there, but you also store facts. So this allows you to remember someone's name, for example. If you have to memorize 20, 30, 40 names, a lot of politicians might use the memory palace system. If you have to memorize a lot of facts or dates, the memory palace system has been around for hundreds of years. It's inspired a lot of composers also, and the way that composers have used this idea musically is fascinating to me. It can be interesting terms of their own memories, or they can be inspired by the memories of others. So all of the pieces on the program today, except for one, are called Memory Palace, and that one deals with memory as well. I'm going to return to Elizabeth Brown's Memory Palace a little bit later in the program, but let's explore a Memory Palace by composer Michael Small now. This is kind of a double-layered piece because he's musically inspired by Ravel, and in particular the first measure of his sonatine for piano. This opens with a striking falling forth figure in the piano. It's been linked to a lot of other works by Ravel, and even been suggested by some musicologists that it is a reference to his mother. And uh, this is borne out somewhat because at the end of his piece, the child and the spells. It ends with a child singing, and it's that theme again. So we have this musical memory palace of sorts, the composer Michael Small exploring this intervallic relationship of the opening of Ravel's sonatine for piano, but we also have this idea of Ravel exploring his relationship with his mother, his memories of his own life. Here is the Momenta Quartet to perform Memory Palace by Michael Small.
That's music by Michael Small. It's called Memory Palace, as all of the pieces on the program except for one are today. I'm playing music inspired by this concept of the Memory Palace, a place you can go to in your mind to store facts, figures, memories, but especially things that you want to remember, like somebody's name (laughs) or a date. The piece was performed by the Momenta Quartet. The next Memory Palace on the program is by Augusta Reed Thomas, and it's also inspired by Ravel. So that'll be fun to put these pieces side by side, the Michael Small and then the Augusta Reed Thomas. The piece is from a larger work called Helix Spirals, but the first movement is called Losi, Memory Palace. And she says she was inspired by the Ravel string quartet in F major. This is the only string quartet that Ravel ever wrote. It's just a gorgeous, wonderful string quartet. I think it's uh, perhaps it's your desert island string quartet. (laughs) If you were on a desert island, you could only have one string quartet recording. Most of us would choose the Ravel. It is a perfect piece. I mean, just absolutely perfectly written for strings. When you're listening to it, you think to yourself, this is what the violin, viola, and cello were invented to play. (laughs) I know I'm overselling this, but it really is an incredible piece. It was so inspirational to me as well. So I think that we should play just a little bit of it because it's very important to her conception of the music that we're about to hear. So here's the Emerson Quartet playing just a teensy bit of the second movement, the pizzicato movement from Ravel's String Quartet in F major. just a taste of the Ravel, the string quartet in F major. That's the pizzicato movement. Let's play now the piece by Augusta Reed Thomas. Again, it's called Losi Memory Palace. It's from a larger work called Helix Spirals, a direct kind of musical memory palace constructed upon the Ravel string quartet, F major, second movement. Here's the Parker Quartet to perform the music of Augusta Reed Thomas.
music directly inspired by the Ravel String Quartet, second movement, the pizzicato movement. And I love when we get a chance to put pieces side by side like that. We played just a little bit of the Ravel, and then we played a little bit of the Gustary Thomas. You could hear how she's inspired musically. Again, this idea of constructing a kind of musical memory palace from the Ravel. Really fascinating music. A great performance, too, by the Parker Quartet. The piece is called Losi Memory Palace. It is the first movement of a larger work called Helix Spirals. Let's turn now to a memory palace written for solo percussion. It is by composer Chris Cerrone, and here's what he says about it. Chris says, Memory palace is a kind of pan to places and people that have deeply affected me. So in this piece, the palace is my life. The crickets in the first movement were recorded while on a camping trip with two old and dear friends. The recording of wind chimes in the third movement was recorded at my parents' house in their backyard. These sounds are signposts. They help me remember, and more importantly, understand who I am. Again, this is a work for solo percussion, and we're going to hear Ian David Rosenbaum perform. Thank you. 
That's music by composer Christopher Cerrone. The piece is called Memory Palace, not surprisingly. In this case, the Memory Palace is his own life. I really like this idea, too, philosophically, for a composer of, of using these mental signposts to really discover where he is within the music, but also, as he said, to help him understand himself. I think that for a composer, if, if you're going to create, if you're going to be artistic, it, it really, really helps to do this kind of self-reflection and this kind of thinking, and he's clearly done that in the piece. We are the first and the third movement. Harriman and Foxhurst. The performer was Ian David Rosenbaum on percussion. You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. My theme today is Memory Palace. This is an ancient memorization technique whereby you create an imaginary place in your mind and store things there that you want to remember. It's very helpful for orators, remembering dates and names. But in our case, we're exploring musical ramifications of the Memory Palace. To subscribe to our podcast, for streaming versions of this and all previous episodes, or for a complete playlist of the music that we featured on the show today, you can visit us at relevanttones.com. My theme on the program today is memory, music and memory, how composers have been inspired by memory, and especially the Memory Palace, because this concept has inspired so many composers to write pieces called Memory Palace. This is an ancient memorization technique in which you construct literally a palace or a familiar place in your mind, and then you have the various pathways you go down and you can store knowledge there or kind of signposts along your journey. There are a lot of different ways that the memory palace plays out, but it allows you to remember a lot of things, potentially really a lot of things. I first heard about it myself when researching a show about Giordano Bruno for the composer Roger Doyle, who wrote an opera about his life. Bruno, for part of his life at least, made a living going around just stunning kings and, and uh, different royalty with his memorization systems. And so it was a pretty interesting concept. And of course, this idea of, of memory and music. Memory is a temporal medium. We're normally remembering events, things that happened in time. Music is a temporal art form. And so these ideas that you could embed the memories directly into the music, you could be inspired by musical memories of other composers. Well, there's a lot of mileage with it. And one piece that we're going to play right now by Anthony Chung called Elective Memory. And this is a fascinating work. Here he is inspired by Beethoven. He was actually asked by the violinist Jennifer Coe to write a piece that's kind of a conversation with one of Beethoven's violin sonatas. But he was also inspired by what he calls elective memory. He chooses which memories or which parts of the piece he's going to use. And he was also inspired by a concept of Goethe and the fact that Beethoven and Goethe were friends. So here we have specific memories of music, memories of conversations that may or may not have taken place between Goethe and Beethoven, all through the lens of a piece for violin and piano. The piece is a little bit long, so we're not going to be able to play the whole thing, but we'll hear as much as we can. We're going to hear Jennifer Coe violin with Shai Wassner on piano. Music of Anthony Chung.
It's a piece by Anthony Chung. I've listened to it several times now. It's a complex work, isn't it? There's a lot happening. It's only for violin and piano, and yet his ideas are really amazing. There's a lot happening. Well, in fact, it's a memory palace of sorts. In this case, he's calling it elective memory. And what he's electing to remember is a series of conversations between Beethoven and Goethe, not all of them good. They had a kind of contentious relationship. So these are imagined by the composer. And he's also remembering, so to speak, music from one of Beethoven's violin sonatas, sometimes directly quoted in the piece, sometimes kind of filtered through the composer's own musical language. That is music by Anthony Chung, elective memory for violin and piano. And we heard Jennifer Coe, who commissioned the work with Shai Wasner on piano. We have time for just one more work. So I want to come back to the Elizabeth Brown, which we opened up the program with, and I want to play the whole thing. So this is Memory Palace. Again, Elizabeth Brown says that her music is a kind of melancholy internal world. These are her thoughts. She thinks in music. These are her thoughts. There are fleeting fragments of music that she hears, but also the fleeting fragments of her own thought processes borne out in the music. Here are Elizabeth Brown herself to perform on flute with Greg Hesselink cello and Margaret Campmeyer Piano, our final memory palace, music of Elizabeth Brown.
That's music by Elizabeth Brown. The piece is called Memory Palace, one of the many pieces on the program with that title. Fascinating subject, don't you think, for a radio program about contemporary music. Composers musing on the power of memory, both in terms of music, but also in terms of their own lives. There are so many more pieces out there. Music and memories is a fascinating subject. I'm sure we can return to it in the future. We heard Elizabeth Brown performing her own music. She was playing flute alongside Greg Hesselink, cello, and Margaret Campmeyer, piano. That was our final Memory Palace on the program today. Relevant Tones has been produced by Sarah Zwinkless and additional production help by Rebecca Neidstedt. Relevant Tones is made possible by the generous support of the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music and the listener supporters of WFMT. I'm Seth Bosted from the WFMT Radio Network, Chicago.